Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. New Mexico is our good friend and co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Gary. Can you believe that August is half over? <laughs> I, I can't. I can't believe how fast this year has been, and and for my family, how many changes have taken place in the past year. Yes. Yeah, it is unreal. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, so. so I, I brought Mary Kay and I brought Cece from the desert southwest in Utah to Green, Tennessee, and they were out paddle boarding and kayaking this past Sunday on a lake that's uh-huh. just about 15 or 20 minutes away from the house. It's like, oh, this is so much fun. So I think yeah, they're kind of I've been, enjoying. Yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've been wondering about getting accustomed to that change. Um, they get you get rain uh, and you probably have humidity, which they may not, you know, deal have dealt with very much in Utah. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> There's a little humidity, yeah. and uh, of course, Mary Kay grew up and was born in Texas, and then grew up and went to school mm-hmm. in Mississippi. So I, you know, that's more humid Mississippi, but uh, yeah. yeah, a lot for her to get a lot for her to get used to. But uh, yeah. I think I think they're both enjoying it and settled in pretty well. So, and it's a kind of a cool day today in Tennessee. We're in the seventies and uh, not quite as humid as it has been. We were in the triple digits last week with the heat index. Mm-hmm. So, how's your weather been? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we've been enjoying still um, that cocktail hour monsoon. We had a really good thunderstorm that didn't give us much rain, but I love it. Um, last night, we're going to be in the 80s, it looks like today. Last week, we were in Las Vegas for a trade show, and it was like 112 degrees every day. So. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, Vegas, that is Vegas for you. But anyway, mm-hmm. yep. hey, we have a lot of fun lined up today and a fantastic guest. Always enjoy talking with our next guest on the Campfire Cafe. So who's joining us today? We have Gary McMahon standing by, and we just know we're just going to have so much fun this first hour. And who do we have in the second hour? Second hour of the show, we're going to go back to Utah and visit Bryce a ranch, RV, and horse park, and talk with the owners of that new campground, Pete and Sherry Jensen. So we've got a lot of fun lined up today on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network on both Campfire Cafe and Saddle Up America. And when we come back in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking with our good friend Gary McMahon on the Campfire Cafe. But right now, let's listen to a great song that he's done, and uh, and I kind of with him on this one this is two (laughs) things in life that i like and that's women and horses and we'll be back in just a moment to talk with Gary mcmahon there's two things in life that i really love that's women and horses of that i'm sure of so when i die please tan my hide and tool me into a saddle so fine and give me to a cowgirl that likes to ride So in the hereafter I may rest between the two things that I love best. A saddle's my horse and a pole's my slack. A top's a cowboy Cadillac. I'm a lover of the trails of the buffalo. There's a powerhouse dancing under me that's flinging his head to go. Love a pretty girl in my arms Nights are warm and full of her charms She takes me where the air is soft and sweet A woman like that can take a man like me And knock him off his feet Love all night long If you want to send me 
my friend And do this when I'm gone Skin me out and tan my hide Fill me into a saddle so far Give me to a lady who likes to ride Go in here after line And between the two things I lose Legacy Radio Network. We just heard the two things in life, women and horses, performed by our guest, Gary McMahon. Colorado cowboy and entertainer Gary McMahon is the real deal. A native of Greeley, Colorado, he has made his living doing everything from cowboying to guide, guiding to performing. He can brand calf, rope, ride broncs, fence, hay, shoe horses, pack and drive teams, and has won many honors in the rodeo arena. His colorful background has set Gary in good stead to practice his heart's desire to write, perform, and record the stories, poems, songs, and humor of his Western heritage, becoming one of the most dynamic and sought-after writers and performers in his field. Gary's songs have been recorded by stars like Ian Tyson, Chris Ledoux, and Riders in the Sky. For most of his life, he managed to make a living either with a horse or a guitar, and Gary says, My guitar and I continue to travel the country, spreading it around, and probably will till we both give out. <laughs> Please welcome back to Campfire Cafe an award-winning singer, songwriter, poet, and humorist, who Ramblin' Jack Elliott has called the king of the cowboy singers, Gary McMahon. Welcome, Gary. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, <laughs> it's an honor to be here. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing just fine, just uh, surviving August out here in the Rockies. So how is the, uh, how is the fire situation out there? Are you having having some fires? Uh, not around here, we're not. We had our fires last year, and uh, uh, we got plenty of rain this year. Uh, oh, that's great. You know, we just cut out. Yeah, that's we got great. Wonderful amount of rain. And, of course, if the mountains get snow, we get we get water no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just amazing, you know. So many people are, are suffering with these fires, and then uh, there are parts of the West that have just gotten a lot of rain, just like you were talking about, and it's really interesting because Utah, where we were down in southern Utah, for the last couple of weeks, they've had a ton of rain that's come down there, and I know they're thankful for that, but, uh, man, these fires have been horrible. 
glad you've escaped that. Glad you've yes, escaped that. Yes, we escaped it this year and not last, but that's how the pickle squirts, you know. <laughs> it doesn't come to everybody all the time. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Well, for folks that are joining us and, and meeting you for the first time, tell us a little bit about your background. So I know Bobby told us where you came from, but tell us a little bit about your background, and I'm interested in the time you spent in Nashville. All right. Well, uh, my daddy was a cattle trucker, and uh, he owned 55 head of cattle trucks out of Greeley, Colorado. And Greeley is the place where they invented cattle feeding on a massive scale, and there was Monserts and Fars and Websters, all of them huge uh, cattle feeding uh, places, and Dad ran those trucks all over the all over the country, really. And I never could stand those stinky old smelly cattle trucks, so I always worked for the guys that called for. Oh and I, I kind of I kind of had my pick, you know. So I worked for Jack Orr for several years of the old Orr cattle company and that he was a Deberard up in Kremlin, Colorado and the Deberards uh, brought the first Hereford cattle to this country uh, they were anxiety six bulls and uh, that's how Herefords got to the United States was wow. those guys Jack uh, showed a lot of cattle and he was he was a master cattleman uh We'd be riding along, and he'd say, you see that cow over there, uh, third from the left? Well, she didn't have a calf last year, but the calf she had this year is a pretty good bull. And, and you know, there was 300 cattle out there. I, I wow. never could figure out how he kept them all straight. Wow, wow. But uh, he was one of the guys I worked for, and I realized there was a big difference between a cowboy and a cow man. And in one of my songs, I've got a line that says a good cowboy knows what to do but a good cow man knows why yeah and and so i was uh, very grateful to work for him and uh, i worked for him on and off for oh many years and then when i got to nashville i got out of the navy in uh 1971 and i worked for jack uh so I could get me enough money to go to Nashville. And so I got to Nashville, and and I didn't know where to stay or anything. I didn't know anybody. And so I stayed in Old Hickory. I rented a house in Old Hickory, and then uh, I made... Yeah. (laughs) And I made friends with uh, Travis Rivers, who was Tracy Nelson's manager, and he had a little shack out back, of his place on uh, 16th Avenue South there. And so I uh, moved into that little shack, and Travis was always traveling around with Tracy Nelson and Mother Earth. Do you remember those guys? I do, I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so we played all the big festivals, Willie Nelson's deal down in Texas, you know, and all over. And I've got a hundred stories about that crazy crowd but i was the equipment driver but then when tracy had that hit 
with uh, Willie Nelson called Nothing's Cold as Ashes. For some reason, Willie couldn't travel with us. And so I'd get up and I'd sing uh, with Tracy on that duet, Nothing's Cold as Ashes. And uh, then when I was done, I went back there and guarded all the harmonica players that wanted to play with her. I'd keep them off the stage. And and, uh, then pack up equipment after they left, and they'd fly to another place, and then I'd drive the equipment. And so I did that for several years, and and I worked at Randy Wood's old-time picking parlor uh, uh, down on 2nd Street. Yeah. And uh, uh, that was was wonderful. Randy Woods is just a master craftsman, and he had that deal with uh, George Gruen and Tut Taylor. They called it GTR, and then those guys broke up, and they all went their separate ways, and Randy started this guitar shop and uh and picking parlor down there and he had a pot-bellied stove out in front and it was nothing to see uh Roy Acuff and Tommy Collins and a bunch of those boys sitting around that pot-bellied stove and picking during the daytime and they would come in you know in the winter time and it was cold of course and dreary and and they'd come in, and Randy would fire up that wood belt, uh, pot belly stove, and and Norman Blake was working behind the counter, mm. and mm. Uh, so Norman would get on a guitar, and Charlie Collins would get on a guitar, and and Roy Acuff would be singing, and it was just a fabulous time. I wow. really got really got, you know, you could ask them anything you wanted. They were a good bunch of boys, and you could ask them anything they'd want, and they'd just do their best to explain it to you. Oh, you know? that's great. And so that was a pretty good way to get into the music business. And so I learned how to write down there. Uh, and I was coming up against guys like David Olney and, all these guys running up and down the row there, pitching their songs, you know, and that right. kind of stuff. And I compare my songs to theirs, and and uh, for a long time, my songs didn't add up uh, compared to some of the fine writers uh, that they had down there. But you know, it kind of kind of helped me out. Uh, it uh, I saw what real writing was. And that's something that uh, a lot of cowboy singers, they never have that advantage of, of seeing how to write. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and so I think that kind of honed me uh, quite a bit. I, I didn't, I was not successful in Nashville, but uh, I did get an album uh, 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 from Warner Brothers, and with Nora Wilson producing it, and then oh, wow. they, yeah, and, and then they got uh, Larry Mahan on the label, and they said, "Kick all the other cowboys off the label. We've got the ultimate cowboy." There was just one problem: Mahan things like "I ride bulls." Oh, gosh. Well, there is a song that you certainly did a great job in writing, 
and that's the old double diamond. So tell us about how that came about and where were you when you wrote this song? Well, uh, I was uh, actually, I got the idea in Dubois, Wyoming. My dad and I went up there fishing. He'd hauled cattle for an old boy by the name of Ab Cross, who owns the old Cross Ranch out of, uh, it's right at the bottom of Togi Pass, right out of Dubois there. And uh, he'd been fishing on Ab's place and catching us a bunch of brookies and just having fun, you know, hanging out with one of the grand old cowboys in Wyoming, and that was Ab. And uh, uh, we got ready to go. We were packing up, ready to go. And he said, you guys ain't leaving yet. He said, the old Double Diamond uh, is going on the auction block tomorrow. And he said, it's one of the grand old ranches in Wyoming. It was part of the old mill iron ranch. She had millions and millions of acres to it. And it was the farthest point west on the old mill iron ranch. It was the last place you could get a hot meal and your horse shod before you got into that country between Dubois and the Tetons. Wow. There. And, uh, so it was, it was a, uh, you know, beautiful old ranch, and the sad part, it was selling on the auction box. So Dad and I went to the sale, and, uh, of course, I immediately gravitated to the cowboys that were working on the place, and they were all running stock through the, sale ring, you know, and running their favorite horses through the sale ring. It was a real sad deal. And yeah. then they all put their saddles in a, the back of a truck. And after the sale was over, the ranch was done and said, where are you guys headed? Oh, we got to go find us another cowboy job, you know, someplace. And uh, so anyway, off they went, you know, in a cloud of windy dust up there. And, uh, uh, on the way down, I wrote the bones to the song. Uh, my dad, you know, was driving and I was riding. Uh-huh. And, uh, that was, I was visiting my folks when we did that. And then I went back to Nashville. And over the next probably six months, I I finished that song. And I had no idea where it would go or what it would do, but one time Bonnie Talent, do you know Bonnie? Uh, she no. used to be head of in CBS Records. No, I don't know. And uh, uh, anyway, uh, she was uh, had Ian Tyson down there, and at this time I had moved to a little shack on 17th Avenue. It was 717 17th Avenue South. <laughs> and it was just kind of catty-ordered to RCA Records down there. And it was right next to little Jimmy Dickens' uh, uh, place. Yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd sit on the porch out there, and, you know, little Jimmy Dickens had that little bitty door that you had to get down on your <laughs> knees to crawl through to get in. <laughs> and I'd see these guys in these suits and these briefcases, you know, <laughs> getting down on their hands and knees. I mean, once you got in the place, it was just a regular music office, you know, but they have to get down on their hands and knees to walk through that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I was sitting there one night, and Bonnie uh, knocked on the door, and uh, she said, this is Ian Tyson. 
and he's uh, bumming around down here, and she said, I knew you wrote cowboy songs, and I figured you guys might get along. And so he came in, and we opened up a jug of whiskey and back and forth, and he played me a few songs, and I played him a few songs, and then I got to the old Double Diamond, I played him that song, and he'd take another drink of whiskey, and then he'd say, play me that song again. <laughs> and I think I... I played that song for him a dozen times that night. Oh, wow. And wow. He, I'm record that song. And uh, that's when I knew I had something. Yeah, yeah. So, so he was the first one that recorded it, and then I think Sladu recorded it. And I, I don't even know who hasn't recorded it. Everybody's done this song. <laughs> and It's been recorded three or four hundred. I've lost count. Wow, uh, wow. You know, uh, <clears throat> It's kind of one of those songs that somebody told me one time I wrote that song and it bought the farm. And uh, this may have been the one that bought the ranch for you. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, well, it certainly put me on the map. It did. uh, That that first song you did, uh, actually, that was a poem I got off an outhouse at Muddy Gap, Wyoming, the two things in life only. It was a filthy, it was a filthy poem. I, my dad always told me, being a cattle trucker, you know, you always drive on the top half of your tank when you're in Wyoming because you might need that half. Uh, well, let's listen to the old Double Diamond and come back, and we're going to talk with our very special guest today, Mr. Gary McMahon, on the Campfire Cafe. Mama's her baby's 
selling out And I'm moving on But I'm leaving with more than I came Cause I got this saddle It ain't the same And I got this song to sing I got a new range to find A new knot to tie In a country Cowboys are king Turn the tail to the wind Turn the old double diamond And it disappeared into the same Double Diamond. You're listening to Campfire Cafe, and we're so delighted to have Gary with us. Um, Gary, that was named by the Western Writers of America in the top 100 Western songs. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I know you've won some other awards. Um, You won a Wrangler Award in 1992. What was that for? Uh, that was for a song that Ranger Doug from Riders in the Sky and I wrote together. Uh, we were going to a festival, and we wanted to write a song in the uh, kind of the vein of the old Sons of the Pioneers, something that Doug could use in his band, you know, and that kind of stuff. And he had brought his kids along to the festival, and he wanted to know if I'd go with him. We were both singing at this festival. So uh, I I went with him, and he had his two kids in the back, and he bought them bows and arrows with those little suction tips on the ends uh-huh. of the arrows, you know. Yeah. And uh, he and I were writing this song in the front of the car, and every once in a while one of those arrows would whisk past your ear and stick <laughs> on the windshield, you know. So this is actually... One of the only Western songs I know of that was written while under an actual Indian attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what song? What song was it? Song, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What song? What song was it? It's called the first cowboy song, and okay. it's got a. Real nice yodel in it, uh, you know, and it's got a, a big up tempo beat. And I want a Wrangler for it uh, for the best uh, cowboy song of, I think, 1991. My gosh, has it been that long? And <laughs> the next, Doug uh, won one for the same song on their album. Uh, uh, and. I don't know if it was the best album or best production. I I forget all that now. But it's the mm-hmm. only song we know of that has two Wranglers to its credit. Oh, wow. How fun. Well, I saw uh, I spent a little bit of time on your website. Always like to do that, of course. And um, when you were back in, in Nashville, well, your first the first label that recorded you was out of New York, I think. And one of the other recording artist was Too Slim and I've never known his real name so I now know what Too Slim's real name is yes uh, he was in my band in Nashville 
And uh, <laughs> that was before Riders of Sky and all that, before those guys got together. And yeah. Slim was playing me in uh, my band in Nashville. We've been friends ever since. Yeah, they're remarkable guys, aren't they? Really fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now we... We know now why there's a quote of Tracy Nelson that refers to you as as being the West's Mark Twain, the contemporary Mark Twain, because you do have such a wonderful sense of humor. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, um, it, I, I was recording nope. Saddle Em Up and Go with the old Double Diamond that you just played, and Slim was playing bass, and the writers were singing back up on that. And I had brought a guy in by the name of Joey Miskell, and I told my producer, Chris Camp, oh, wow. I, I wanted to have some accordion on, on this thing. And he said, oh, I know an accordion guy. And Joey came in and just did this fabulous job. And then uh, Riders in the Sky were putting the backup vocals on it, and they said, who is that guy on accordion? Nah. And it's that's that's how they made that first connection way back when. Wow. Wow, that's wow. a great story. Um, I think that Gary has queued up and ready to go another song that really shows your sense of humor. Uh, Chaps. <laughs> you wanna tell okay. you wanna tell us a little bit about <laughs> Chaps? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, uh Chaps was uh my my wife's father-in-law uh his name was dick spencer and uh he was the grand old man at western horseman magazine for 40 years and dick and i on shows together you know they'd want him to be the speaker and i'd be the entertainer lots of times we'd find ourselves in a big room full of people just and just know each other. So we'd sit over there in the corner and talk, and we just got along great, you know. So uh, anyway, they had this great Pike Peak Cowboy Poetry Gathering, and they featured me one year down there in Colorado Springs. And uh, Dick asked me if I'd stay at his house, and so I did. And uh, he'd been dragging around his stepdaughter, Candace, to some of these cowboy poetry gatherings since she kind of had a little crush on me. So she, uh, <laughs> I, I had to do the uh, Antique Truckers Association in Denver that night, and then I drove on down to Colorado Springs, and I got there about 2 o'clock in the morning, and she's in her tight jeans baking cookies. <laughs> and I said, oh, my, do you always bake cookies at two in the morning and she said oh yeah yeah <laughs> well i'm just here to tell you i haven't seen air other cookie baked at two in the morning since that <laughs> night but <laughs> my wife oh, gosh. So it must have worked. i think so i think so well this is this is uh i always love shaps and uh and and i never said it correctly until after this. Let's take a listen to that and come back and talk more with Gary McMahon on the Campfire Cafe. This is to Mr. Ralph Lorne, 505 Fifth Avenue, New York City. I seen on the TV, Mr. Lorne, that you have a men's cologne you call Chaps. Man, it's probably a manly center. You wouldn't have called it that. 
Myself, I never use this stuff. And this may sound a little harsh, but I think men use cologne to hide the fact they have them washed. So I can't really comment on the product, though I'm sure it smells just fine. It's the way you say the name Chaps that chaps my cowboy behind. You see, the name is derived from the Spanish word chaparajos, which in turn gets its name from the word chaparral, which again in Spanish means a dense thicket of thorny brush and trees which all manner of cowboys have ridden through for centuries. Thus needing protection for their legs, these chaparajos were fashioned from cowhide and are the leather leggings cowboys wear that come without the backside. Then us gringos got a hold of the word and shortened chaparajos to shaps. Much the same way we took the word tapadero and condensed it to taps. So the CH sound is really pronounced with an SH sound, you see, and to an old cowboy that's worn shaps all his life, it seems a travesty that you would use a cowboy's manly image to sell your fancy smell to the herd and never even take the time to learn how to say the word. Because the truth is, Mr. Lauren, even though I'd like to console you, anyone who says chaps for chaps don't know chip from Chinola. <laughs> oh, gosh. So now you know. Well, why this guy yeah, is one of my I, favorite guests on the yeah, show ever. That, I got to tell you, Dick is the one that wrote the letter to Ralph Lauren. when After he died, we'd gone through all his correspondence, and I found this letter he wrote to Ralph Lauren on the Western, Station, Western Horseman Stationery, and that's what he was telling him, that, you know, he pronounced the name wrong because Ralph Lauren came out with that cologne called Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I sold fragrances for a number of years and I would always say it correctly and then I would be corrected and told no it's chaps. Please always refer to it as chaps. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it drove me crazy. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I was guilty of always saying chaps and now I don't. But I, I learned my lesson. <laughs> I, I listen. And I have so, enlightened you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are such a great storyteller, and uh, there is there's a beautiful, moving song that you've done called "My Husband and I," and so tell mm-hmm. us the story about that. Um. I didn't write that. My grandmother did, and uh, she, after my granddad died, she she had written it 18 years into her marriage, and nobody ever saw the poem, and uh, after my uh, grandfather died, she hand-copied a poem to each one of her seven children and sent it to them, and my mother being one of them, and I saw it hanging on her bedroom wall, and... So I didn't really change much of it. I put a little chorus in it, but I didn't change it. And uh, uh, that was her writing. The marriage lasted for 55 years. Oh, wow. And then after that, I saw that poem, and I, uh, 
you know, there's just certain things you can't improve on. And so I just put it to music. Well, this is is beautiful. And uh, she did a great job in writing this. And so happy that she passed it on in this part of the legacy. But uh, let's take a look at my husband and I, and we'll be back in just a moment. This next song I'm going to do for you. Actually, I think a songwriter just has about one of these dropped in his lap in his lifetime. Um, my grandmother, who was a stockman's wife, wrote the words to this in a form of a poem 18 years into her marriage. The marriage lasted for 55 years, and no one ever saw that poem until the winter that my grandfather died, whereupon she hand-copied seven copies of this poem and mailed them to each one of her seven children, my mother being one of them. And I came on uh, home from leave in the Navy on Christmas that year, and I saw the poem hanging on my mother's bedroom wall, and I set it to music. And I didn't change a word of it. I think the reason I'm on this show tonight is because of this song. And, and uh, the poem was entitled My Husband and I. And I call it my grandmother's song. It's written from a woman's point of view. And I figure she's my grandma, so I'm titled it Sing It, I guess. When my husband comes in from his work, tired and cold, tell you right now, Never to school, but find him a chair in some cozy nook and have what hand is paper and book. Then I, in my corner, sit down to man, most hoping this evening. soon he says softly to me come over here dear and sit on my knee now you may think I'm a bride of the year but that's where you are most taken my dear for 18 years and more have passed by since first I did say my husband and I and off in their bedrooms asleep in their bed the moonlight reveals seven bright shiny heads they tied to their pillows in
My husband and I recorded live for a CD live in Elko. That was Gary McMahon, and he's our guest today. It's such a wonderful, wonderful piece, Gary. You you just have so many connections and so much history. It's is that it, we could talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I do have I do have a question <laughs> on your website. Um, you were involved in a movie. Everything in the song is true. Tell us about that. Well, uh, I was doing a, a trail ride for a bunch of old boys. These are New Mexico cowboys, a bunch of grizzled old cowboys down there. And then they mix with the Santa Fe crowd. And in the Santa Fe crowd, there was a guy by the name of Tony Mark. And Tony Mark won an Oscar for the Hit Locker. He was the executive producer on many many uh uh movies and that kind of stuff and he was sitting next to a guy by the name of doug morioni and doug was a filmmaker out of new york city and uh tony and doug were sitting there while i was at the campfire doing my poetry and all my you know stuff and uh he said, holy cow, look at these grizzled old cowboys, you know, uh, sitting around here just kind of spellbound listening to this character. He said, somebody ought to do a movie on him. And uh, so Doug got the idea to do this movie, and I told him, I said, you know, I get bored with myself after 30 minutes, but there's some characters you might want to meet. And uh so I, I introduced him to a trick rider buddy of mine, Bryce Chapman, out of Lubbock, Texas, and an old rancher from Las Vegas, New Mexico, by the name of Jeff Nurse, and a wonderful poet by the name of Yvonne Hollenbeck up mm-hmm. in uh, Clearwater, Dakota. And a mm-hmm. uh, uh, good guitar, uh, oh, just a great guitar player by the name of John Moore out of Dove Creek. Colorado, and uh, it kind of blew him away. He said, I didn't know these guys even existed, and he said, they're not on anybody's radar. Here they are out in the back country, and he said, John Moore's the best guitar player I ever heard, and he said, and uh, uh, I'll tell you, I've never heard any better art coming out of New York City, and so he got all enthused it and made this movie and it just jumped from one to the other to the other of us all the way through the movie and everybody uh, that I know that has seen this movie says you need to show this to your kids mm-hmm. and so that's about as high a praise as you can get I think on a movie but <laughs> it, it's called everything in the song is true and, and I'll guarantee you if you don't write it down you'll forget it but it's on Amazon Prime and Apple iTunes and all of that kind of stuff, and it's free. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Well, Colorado has been home for a long time, and uh, how long were you in Nashville? I was there for eight years, uh, five years one time, and then... Uh, when Colorado Blue came out, you know, that was John Simon producing it. He produced uh, uh, Janis Joplin, and he was the piano player in the band. He produced all the stuff the band did, and Seals yeah. and Croft, and John Hartford, and Taj Mahal, and 
and on and on and on. John's credits just. And he decided, he came out to Aspen. I was running this outfitting deal, and he came out there, and we spent a week together. And he decided he would do this album. So we cut it in New York City, and uh, the strings on it are the New York City Philharmonic. And then we went to Nashville, and the backup vocals on it are the Jordan Airs, Elvis's old group, and yeah. Buddy Evans is playing pedal steel, and Eric Weisberg is playing guitar and dobro and stuff. I I remember we took a break from cutting the album in New York City, and we were going down the street, me and Eric Weisberg and uh, uh, another guy, uh, and uh, anyway, these two Danish sailors were coming from the other way. One of the Danish sailors said to the other one in Danish, Oh, no, that's Eric von Heisenberger, you know. And, and the other one looked at him kind of quizzical, and he said, Eric von Heisenberger, who's Eric von Heisenberger? And he says, you know, da-da-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. <laughs> Eric said, that's my name from here on out. It's You don't call me Eric Weisberg. It's just da-da-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, one of my favorite songs is the title cut from Colorado Blue, and that's Colorado Blue. And uh, let's take a listen to that and come back and talk more with Gary McMahon and Bobby Bell today on the Campfire Cafe. Okay, love I like the best On the chilly side of paradise In the great and grand old west And I'm a lucky boy That's where I'm from And that's where you can find me When it's all said and done Yes, and I've seen the green of Tennessee, the colored lights of the New York night. Stood in a red sunset on the beach in Texas in the moonlight. But nothing sets my spirit free, and no other color can do. Like the winds of Wyoming. And Colorado Blue See the old Rockies rising Straight up through the cool blue air Sip that cold wild water running down To make you feel like a grizzly bear And at sundown I sit and watch you bleed Close to glory, not even in a dream. One night by the campfire light, we cooked up some rainbow trout. 
But she left me down around Pagosa Springs With a hook still in my mouth I remember the mountains we used to ride And girl there with the sun in her hair And Colorado blue in her eyes My native state and the dreams ain't coming true When lost and lonesome is my fate And it looks like I'm bound to lose It's a homesickness, it's sorry face A thrashing in his own shoes Well, you can call that skinny cowpoke At the end of the bar Colorado Blue Just call that skinny cowpoke at the end of the bar Colorado Blue Man, Colorado Blue from the album Colorado Blue, and uh, Gary, it's just too much fun having you on the show today. We got to do this I, again soon. Guys, uh, do your homework, and uh, this isn't like your usual interview. Uh, you guys know your artists before you bring them on. You do your homework, and the choice of songs was just fantastic today. I. And you're both just great people, so I always look forward to this. Well, love Aww. having you with us, just so that you can say such nice things. I mean, if for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, our, our, I'm sure that with COVID going on this past year, it's kind of slowed things down for you, but you're back again? Yeah, uh, I'm back as, uh, you know, I... I Still got it. I I can I haven't lost my marbles yet. So uh, <laughs> I'm still doing shows and and you know just uh, it still comes off. My hand shakes when I play guitar, but once I get a hold of that guitar neck, it doesn't shake anymore and stuff like that. So I'm doing the best with what I got, I guess. Well, you do awfully good with that. You do awfully mm-hmm. good with that. So let's tell everybody around the world where they can find your music and they can purchase it. It's uh, singingcowboy.com, and that's my website. I think uh, Roy Rogers' son would pay me good money for that website. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, you can get it off singingcowboy.com or CD Baby or stuff like that, or you can get it uh, online. You know, you can stream it and right. that kind of stuff. But that website uh, contains everything I want you to know about me. Did you know there's quite a nice write-up about you in Wikipedia? No, I didn't. <laughs> Check it out. Just go to Wikipedia. Or actually, when I Googled your name, the Wikipedia entry also came up. And um, you, you might want to check that out. <laughs> All right. So really? Google, Google Gary McMahon and find out 
everything that you want to know and more, and that'd be a lot of fun. So, Gary, thanks for being with <laughs> well, us today. Yeah, so be, come back again soon, okay? Uh, anytime you ask. I, I love you guys. Love your show. All right. Thanks, Gary. We're going to close this segment out with a song, Angel, and uh, we'll be back in just a moment with Settle America. Gary, thanks so much. Thank you, Gary. Legacy Radio Network. We'll be back in just a moment with more. 
conversation, and great music. Little boy tugged at his mama's hand to get that pony ride. A little scared when he climbed on, but when it was over, he cried. All the way home in the car, he chanted that pony's name. Now every Christmas and birthday, his wish list is the same. And he hears them calling his name And he needs the drum of hoof The swing is dried in the wind in a horse's mane This gal knows about falling down Climbing right back on Shovel stalls hot hay in the snow Fed horses before dawn School bell rings when she's at the gate Calling that pony's name Years will come and years will go But this will never change She dreams of horses Followed other dreams Teachers, lawyers, nurses Or pilots or U.S. Marines Wherever we went in this world Whatever else we became With those of us born to be horsemen The dream is still the same We dream of horses And we hear them calling our names And we need the drum of the sea The swing and stride and the wind and a horse's mane The swing and stride and the wind and a horse's mane Welcome back to Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. I'm your host, Gary Hope. Joining me in Albuquerque is our co-host, Bobby Bell. And that was We Dream of Horses by Mary Kay Hope. Well, a few months ago, I met this couple. And they have just developed the finest RV and horse parks 
from the country. It's Bryce Valley Ranch located in Cannonville, Utah. And joining us right now are Pete and Sherry Jensen, the proprietors of that fine establishment and the first location for Rendezvous West that's coming up in just a few weeks. Hey, Pete and Sherry, how are you? Gary, Bobby, we're doing great. How are you guys? We are fabulous. Thank you for having us today. <laughs> Glad to have you. Glad to have you. So tell us about Bryce Valley Ranch and the location that you're in, because it's kind of unparalleled in its beauty. Well, thank you. Sherry and I have been horse and muleback for years and years all over the West, Sherry did endurance riding for 25 years, and I was always packing along at camps, and I would take my horse from mule and ride off in the trees and try not to get lost while they were out <laughs> doing a real ride. But we, we got really fortunate with seeing some really neat backcountry places all over the, the West Coast. And we always had a concept in our head about doing an RV horse park that would cater to those people that really like to get out and ride and enjoy things. And we, like most people, we have a big LQ, and sometimes you just can't get those trailers to where you need to be or where you want to be on some of those trails. So we looked for years trying to find property that would facilitate our concept. And we found a few in different places in Nevada and all over, you know, anywhere we could find a place that had potential, we looked into it. But right. often the problem the problem was not finding somewhere big enough or with utilities or, or a town or a, a county that would want to work with us because it's a very unique thing. So we were out here for uh, Bryce Canyon Mule Days a few years ago and okay. driving through the area. It, it's This area is so unique to hikers and horseback because there's such a diverse environment and Southern Utah is just absolutely beautiful. So we came across this property through a friend who's a realtor up here and the property wasn't for sale. He introduced us to the owner and it had been in his family for over a hundred years, which is amazing mm-hmm. to me. Wow. Uh, so on the property, it's, it's 40 acres. The Perea river flows through the edge of the property on the east side, and it's surrounded by BLM on all sides except for one neighbor who's a great cattle rancher neighbor. So as, an, as a place destination to ride from, you just you couldn't pick a – you couldn't dream up a better spot. We're located on Highway 12 between the towns of Tropic and Cannonville, and that's like 13 minutes away from Bryce Canyon. Wow. The riding wow. is fantastic. Yeah, it, it, it's incredible. There are some old corrals on the property that the previous owner's uncles built in the late 1800s, and they're just – this place is immersed in Western history. And, and wow. really, the cowboy life is still very, very strong up here, and people like to see that, and they want to go out and, they, and ride and explore. And you've got five national parks within an hour of the property, and I believe it's three state parks. So it's it's really a central location to do anything you can dream of. So well, we and, and it's property. yeah, and it's special because you are right on scenic Highway 12. That's scenic Highway 12, which has been called one of the most beautiful highways in the United States. And uh, and it is 
because I've certainly traveled it many times. But you yeah. guys are just right. So one, so one of our big concepts with this park is being able to cater to the horse people, but also to the RV people and, and have a very upscale environment. So we built three beautiful buildings with a general store, uh, shower houses and restrooms, and they're, the, the finish quality is fantastic. It really is, and people love it up here. Every single site, there's 130 sites total. 30 of those are dedicated to the equine only, and then the 100 RV sites. Everybody has full power, water, and sewer hookups. So we tried to give as many amenities to the sites and to the park that we would always look for if we were going somewhere. Corrals are, corrals are close by. We always have hay on hand. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of shade trees everywhere. The river's right there. It, it's, a, it's a fantastic place to come for an RV or for a horse camp. Well, Sherry's being awfully quiet. And <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know you've done most of the work on the place. So tell us a little bit about what those amenities are that we would find. Because I, when, we first, when we first stopped and visited with you guys, I think there was a frame that was up, and that was it. And uh, uh, the main building is just pretty awesome. So tell us a little bit about what people see when they get there as far as the amenities are. And I know you have been working diligently on developing horse trails to come right out of the camp. Yeah, recently I, I finally took a break after we've been working nonstop since September to build this luxury um, RV park for, for the sports people and alike. Um, I've actually been out on the trail five times this last week trying to get some weight off my mule from standing for too many months. And uh, we've got some really good tracks laid right out of camp. You know, we sit down low. You get up on the plateau, and it is scenic in every direction you could possibly look. It is an ultimate wow just right out of our camp. So we've got some uh, trails we're marking with ribbons, so it's self-guided. It's really easy. We'll have trail maps and, and that, and we kind of guide and give people directions when they get here. But you get out on these canyon rims, because we're basically, that plateau is all a canyon, and you are looking over the whole entire valley towards the Grand Escalante staircase with Bryce Canyon all right in the background. And, you know, you can just get out there and play. It's wide open. You can, you know, just get right off trail, go play, add miles. It's pretty much your own playground, what you want to make of it right out of the camp. Yeah. Well, you've got a beautiful camp store that's there. You've got you've got something that you've done for people like me who might want to bring their dogs with them. I know people travel with their dogs. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> and you're a dog lover. You're a dog lover yourself. <laughs> yes. We yes. We, we are dog lovers and love seeing your no family member, too. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so many, so many RVers, and especially the equine people, are mostly traveling with dogs. And so it was really important to us. To cater to that and we have three large dog yards fenced in yard dogs you know where you can turn them loose let them run throw the ball for them play with others uh, we even have a dog wash on one of the restroom shower house buildings and oh how cool that's 
been a highlight. Most people are so impressed with that. They said, we've never seen a dog wash in a park before, and it is probably the most used item here so far, <laughs> that dog wash. <laughs> there, um, there's, a great picture, there's a great picture of that on, on your website, is, and is that you, Sherry, with the dog? I was like, what, no. is, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not me. That was, that was one of our first guests. Who said oh, okay. I'm on vacation? I'm not. I'm not washing my dog. I'm on vacation, and she chose to take him down to the river, like many do behind camp. You can take him off leash right out of camp once you're off the property, and ran him and played in the water in the river. And then their dogs were all nice and muddy and stinky. So <laughs> there they go right into the dog wash. <laughs> so she was washing all three of her dogs that day. <laughs> so, but it's. Uh, yeah, it's it's really nice for people to be able to, you know, not only have those dog parks, but also we have great, you know, nature trails right off the back of the park for RVers and the equine people, and they can take their dogs right out with them. Um, and speaking of the dogs as well, with the riding from the park here, because this is BLM public land, this is one of the few places you could actually take your dog out with you on the trail. The other trails in the area that you would trailer to, dogs have to be on a leash and restricted because those are designated trails. So it is very dog friendly here. That's great. That's great. Sam just perked up when you said that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. Hey, I want to take a break right here and listen to a great song by Mr. Mike Blakely. We're going to come back and more about some of the things that are coming up at Bryce Valley Ranch RV and Horse Park in the near future. But uh, let's take a listen to Don't Ever Sell Your Battle, Mike Blakely. Along the country road, I saw a saddle one fine morning. Cowboy rig for sale, the sign set tied around the horn. So I stopped to look it over. And a man in boots and hat Slid off of the tailgate Neat the shade tree where he sat He said, I see you're in the market For a sure enough western cack Well, this one here has rode the hump Off more than one Bronx back I had it built in Idaho Where I learned to buckaroo Son, you've no idea The wrecks the saddles pulled me through Don't ever sell your saddle, son That's what my old Paul said and I promised him I'd keep this one until the day I was dead. But through hard knocks and the coolies and troubles on the trail, now I'm down to breaking promises my saddle is for sale. And then he said, up in the badlands of Wyoming, I once roped an outlaw bull. But I was mounted well in straddle of this custom hull. That raw hide held like steel, and that tree it wouldn't crack. No fancy store-bought tooling could have held that old bull back. Well, I could tell more stories, son, but we'd be here all day. I'm sure you got things to do, and I must soon be on my way. I need to buy some diesel fuel to fill up my old truck. I've got to get to Santa Fe. My paws run out of luck. Don't ever sell your saddle, son, that's what my old Paul said And I promised him I'd keep this one until the day I was dead But through hard knocks and the coolies and troubles on the trail Now I'm down to breaking promises, my saddle is for sale 
I knew what it cost to drive a truck to Santa Fe. And he took the cash I offered, and then he was on his way. And when he left, I carried that old saddle on my back into his barn, and I hung it there on his own saddle rack. Since cowboys won't take handouts, I saw just one trail to ride to help him keep his saddle and his promise and his pride. I just helped him get to Santa Fe. I knew he wouldn't fail, but I did not buy that saddle because some things just ain't for sale. Don't ever sell your saddle, son, that's what his old Paul said. And he promised that he'd keep it till the day that he was dead. But through hard knocks in the coolies and troubles on the trail, he was down to breaking promises his saddle was for sale. Through hard knocks in the coolies and troubles on the trail, I did not buy his saddle, cause some things just ain't for sale. Saddle Up America, that's Mr. Mike Blakely, and don't ever sell your saddle. And, um, Sherry, have you ever sold a saddle you wish you hadn't? Oh, many times, but I still have a huge collection of about eight, and half of them don't fit anybody, but I'm not selling them. (laughs) (laughs) I sold one one time, but I bought it back. It was like, okay, i got to get that saddle back. uh, Don't ever sell your saddle. Yeah, yeah. So we had talked about just a little bit earlier that uh, the 16th through the 19th, we are holding our first Rendezvous West, Equestrian Legacy Radio's Rendezvous West, going to be at your facility there. And um, there are just a whole lot of reasons that we chose that location, but one of them is because you guys are good people and the other is you've done such a great job uh with bryce valley ranch and so that is pretty cool but the other is the scenery and everything that's around there so we've talked about the bryce canyon that's 20 minutes away and uh uh, you just mentioned we were on that little musical break sherry that there were some folks that had come in and gone up to uh ruby's inn for rodeo so you can go do rodeos you can you can hike you can horseback ride straight from the park but you can also be for rendezvous west and that is going to be three days of great trail riding and again you can ride right from the park there but what is the state park that's right there uh we've got the kodachrome state park kodachrome Kodachrome yeah Yeah, that's yeah. 15 minutes away from us, and um, it's a, a great little hidden secret that uh, most people aren't even aware of. It's a completely different landscape. It's fires rather than hoodoos, but yeah. you still get all that red and colorful factors, and it's just a really spectacular park to go see. And it's it's a nice park to go to, you know, whether you're going to ride. Um, they have a six-mile loop to ride. It's an easy loop for any any level of rider. And they have multiple picnic and hiking trails as well. And so it's only 15 minutes from the park and it's a $10 fee to get in. Yeah, and so that's just, a great it's, spot. It's one of those little, yeah, one of those hidden secrets. 
Um, you you haven't you know, have anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you saying, have a terrific. I was just going to say that they have an absolutely terrific website. I feel like I'm there, even though I'm sitting here in Albuquerque. I'm just clicking on the attractions um, so well put together and then links to all these places. The Anasazi State Park and Museum. I mean, that that's uh, such a historic um, – you've got everything. <laughs> I don't yeah, know how, how people would choose, you know, would choose if they're there for a week or whatever. How do they choose where to go? And it's the photographs and all are just fabulous. Um, you've got a petrified yeah. forest state park there yeah. in Escalante. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything is so close. And, and I tell people when I'm doing their reservations, you know, they often think they're coming here for one day. And I said, I said, you don't realize how much there is to see. You'll never see it all unless you're here for at least five, and then you'll still have to come back next year. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. And a lot of people, you know, what they do is they saddle up early. They get out on the trail, do their ride in the morning, come back, have lunch at camp, and then they head out for an excursion, you know, for one of the oh. sites to go see. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you're not a hiker, there's, so much scenic driving to do as well, you know, mm-hmm. points of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's for anyone. I mean, there's there's a couple of lakes that are close by that are beautiful. You can go kayaking or fishing or just go go out and look at it. It's, it's They're stunning. And they're in higher elevations up in the mountains. So you'll see deer and elk and antelope. And it's just, it's so diverse up here. It's got something for everybody. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's going to be a great time uh, for rendezvous, and of course, rendezvous is uh, three days for Count Cowboy Church on Sunday. But nobody's going to come out there and stay for three days. They're all going to want to come and stay for at least a week and maybe longer because there's so many places to get to. You can see Bryce Canyon. You can, you can get to I think Zion is what about an hour away or so. Uh, yeah, so just yeah, about. 91 miles to Zion. Yeah. 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 And then if you want to, you can ride on over to the Grand Canyon, which isn't all far away. So there's a bunch to see and do, uh, as well as getting in plenty of great riding. Yeah. There's also Capitol Reef. You know, you go through Escalante and Boulder, and then over to Capitol Reef also is a good day trip right off the trail. Right. So there's going to be. Plenty to do and see when you come to Bryce Valley Ranch, RV, and Horse Park. And for rendezvous, in addition to all the trail riding and hiking and other sites to see, we're going to have music concerts. We've got one of the finest chuck wagon cooks in the country, and I think you experienced that the other day, Sherry. Oh, yeah. Roger Mills. Yeah, we, we, yeah. Didn't want, huh? no, we didn't want to let him go. So Roger Mills is coming up from Arizona, and he's going to be doing chuck wagon cooking. We've got people that are coming in, so we can do some shopping. And then Trina Morris, you know, has been on the show very several times with us, Bobby. And she's yeah. coming down from Wyoming to do a clinic there. So there is just tons and tons of things to see and do. And, uh, of course, Rendezvous is to benefit uh, Mustang Heritage Foundation and Jennifer O'Neill's Hope and Healing at Hillinglade. So all of that is coming up September the 
13th through the 16th. Not too far off. And uh, yeah. we'll we'll be back and be spending some time with you there. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great time. Um, I know that you have been involved with Backcountry Horsemen of America. You've got some things that are coming up on the schedule. Pete, you were telling me about we do, that. And yes, sir, we do. We were uh, we are still part of Backcountry Horsemen in uh, Las Vegas, in Nevada, and we'll we'll soon be joining the chapter up here. But we did uh, trail work for them, volunteers, and, and pack for the Forest Service and BLM and, and uh, different organizations down there for years and really, really fell in love with it. I, really, that started our love with mules, too. Um, but so some of our colleagues down there, some of our friends, have come up and stayed with us, and they are going to have a Nevada uh, rendezvous for BCH in our park next year. Oh, great. Our park is it's laid out really well for large groups, like you had mentioned before. We're that the horse area, the equine area, you can easily put all thirty rigs down there and there's a big communal center with a fire pit and underneath the big trees and they can sit around and do stuff. It, it it's laid out really well for big groups to get together and, and have some type of event. So we're looking forward to that with BCH a lot. Well, that'll be a lot of fun, and of course, we've, we're very fond of Backcountry Horsemen of America. They have been part of Equestrian Legacy Radio for about eight years now, and um, mm-hmm. so that should be a lot of fun for those deals. And you've got people that are coming from all over the country to come and stay with you. I think that you were telling me some folks came up from Arkansas, a group not too long ago, and uh, where yeah, was that it, other It's impressive. It's impressive to us where the how far the people come. We we've had a lot from Tennessee, Arkansas, Missouri, North Dakota, South Dakota, we have Georgia. Texas. We have Georgia here right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's impressive to me that people travel that far. And like we mentioned earlier, you you can use this area as a really good base camp because you're so close mm-hmm. with an hour or two hours in any direction. There's something different, and that's what they mm-hmm. do. They they enjoy having somewhere. If they want to go hike for the day, want to go get a bite to eat somewhere, they can leave the horses in the stalls. They're, they're going to be fine. When they get back, nobody's messing with anything. It's a safety also for them, and people appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, they really do. They really do. So Bryce Valley Ranch RV and Horse Park, and we'll be there September the 16th through the 19th with Rendezvous West. And uh, you can go out and visit any time. Do you have any, any time of the year that you're closed? Uh, we pretty much will be closed the end of October and reopening uh, the 1st of April. Okay. All right. So most of the year you can just show up. Well, you better call and make reservations. But, yeah, yeah uh, definitely want to call them make reservations. <laughs> yeah, call them make reservations. <laughs> but, but how would they do that? How, would, how do they need to make reservations? Give us your website. They either, yeah, they can go right to the website. And, and like Bobby said, there is so much information on there to help you get a picture and plan your trip better. Um, it will answer most of your questions. But if you have further questions, then you would, you know, give us a call or send us an email. But the, the website is BryceRVAndHorsePark.com, and you can get – all of the information, email, phone number from the website. All right. So you want to be sure and do that, or you can go to our website, equestrianlegacy.net, and check out Rendezvous. 
and uh, yeah. in the menu, and you can get to them straight from our page because we're going to be there pretty soon. Yeah. There is a reason that we're holding Rendezvous West at Bryce Valley Ranch this year, and uh, we're 14 guys. So you're just a ton of fun. You're just yeah. – what am I and, missing? And what am I missing? Well, I I do have a, a, a guy here sitting next to me that uh, does a little cowboy poetry, and he prepared – uh, That's what I'm missing. Yeah. Have him, uh, have you, have him recite uh, originals for y'all, and, and he'll do that in, for the guests when they're here during rendezvous as well. I think so. I think we're going to use Pete some extra entertainment. But uh, so yeah. why don't you, why don't you give us some poetry to leave us with, Pete? Well, I'd like to. It, one of my ones that I wrote a few years ago, and I have to say that Gary McMahon was a big influence on me. I, I really enjoyed listening to him and, and the different interviews and his different style. And it's very sincere. He's a, you know, he's a great guy. I've known him for, I've known, I met him a couple of times, but I've listened to him for many years. I think I act like I know him because I know so much about him. Probably. <laughs> but so we talked about the, uh, the dogs and the dog wash and all that stuff. And, I wrote this little poem about a, a red healer that we had years ago, and it's a true story, and that, that dog still amazes me to this day. Sure as it goes, red or blue, you can always find one to suit you. Tail or not, me, I don't care. These dogs have a most concerning stare. Many years ago, how I can recall a certain mutt, he was known by far as the little red nut. He would follow you out a trot 30 miles a day, I kid you not. He would work in the heat and the sun, 10 minutes of rest, and he was ready for some fun. He was a healer. Now, that was true. I believe his goal in life was to annoy the hell out of you. He did have one bad habit, I have to admit, nipping at tails, and he would never quit. You see, what he would do wasn't quite right. He would run behind a horse, grab his tail, and all four feet would soon be in flight. Now, I tried to warn him many times. But my calls of here never struck much fear, for I think he was hardwired to this scheme. Once, I heard him let out a little joyous scream. Fun and a thrill is what he was after. He never cared if it was a disaster. But for all of us standing around, sometimes he'd make us look like clowns. He'd hook onto a horse and fly through the air. The horse would blow and make a mess everywhere. Finally, I had enough. I couldn't stand it no more. It was about time for me to settle this score. One day I came up with quite a plan. I'd say it'd be the envy of any good hand. I was going to teach this dog a lesson. About time he got over his strange obsession. So one morning I got out old Gus. And boy, he was a grumpy, crusty old cuss. That mule could kick you five feet away. He never missed. I think he liked it that way. Well, that dog finally met his match. First time around, no tail of Gus was he going to catch. He tried again, and this time almost made it. But now, I think that dog was getting baited. Next time, Gus hit him hard, right in the head. He laid there for a minute. We thought for sure he was dead. He staggered to his feet and went running to the barn. Next, I hear yelping and barking and squawking. And Here comes a big old rooster, just a flying. With that dog hot on his trail, he chased that bird right under Gus's tail. 
Well, Gus ain't never had no rooster flapping under him before, so he went to kicking and snorting and trying to find the door. As Gus seemed to lose every last bit of sense, last thing I saw was that dog clamped on his tail as old Gus and him cleared the back fence. Now, I've never heard of a dog that knew about revenge, but I sure didn't sleep much till that season came to an end. <laughs> I think we have a I think we have a new poet for some of these gatherings, Bobby. I think so. I think so. I think so. So just one more reason for everybody to show up for Rendezvous West, and that's to hear Pete with his poetry. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. We're happy to do it. Oh, gosh. Well, you guys have been absolutely great. And, again, it's Bryce Valley Ranch, RV, and Horse Park in Cannonville, Utah. And uh, it's kind of between Cannonville and Tropic, right on Snake U.S. Highway 12. So it's a great place. Every review that I have read about your facility has been glowing. So something for you guys to be proud of. Thank you very much. We are, we're very proud of it. It was, a, it was a heck of a lot of work. And something that mm-hmm. still amazes me, today is the 19th. So 355 days ago. We started this project, and there were 20 cows eating grass in a field when we started this project. It's amazing. Uh, Gosh, well, it's a beautiful facility, and so uh, we'll see you in just a few weeks. So, Sherry and Pete, thanks so much for being with us today. Well, thank you for having us. We really appreciate it, and we look forward to listening to your show and seeing you guys soon. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Bobby. All right, thanks so much. So we're going to be back in just a moment, but right now it's Carolyn Martin and Wild West Texas Wind. It sings to me in the night with a voice sweet and forlorn. It's been pushing at my back since the day that I was born. Saying, come and take a ride with me. We're going somewhere. Your heart's never been Gonna blow right out of here Like the dust on that wild west Texas wind Well I tried to shut the windows tight Pretend I couldn't hear The howling just outside the walls I built it my own fear I almost threw away the key To the cell you put me Won't be shackled It's like that wild 
It's the strength that's deep inside you When fear is closing in Bobby Bell, this was such a fun show today. Such a fun show. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Gary, it's great to be Gary back. Mc... It's great to I'm sorry. I'm just going to say it's great to be back on the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, and, and we've got a lot of great shows that we've got lined up for the next couple of months. But, uh, yeah, I was going to say Gary McMahon just cracks me up. He is so much fun to have on the show and so he could stories. just I yeah 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 it, well, when he when he it, tells it, you it about some like of the he, stories down on 16th mm-hmm. Avenue with Ian mm-hmm. Tyson and some of the other old boys that were sitting around in mm-hmm. those little houses and we probably couldn't tell them on the air no but no uh, but it feels like he's kind of a national one of the sort of national treasures with uh, Somebody needs to be interviewing him, getting it down. You know, it, 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 we need to get down what's in his head. <laughs> well, now there's a, there's a project for you. There's a project for you. Well, oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And, and Sherry and Pete were a lot of fun to have on. So uh, wherever you are in the world listening to the show, uh, if you want to head to the West, one of the places that you need to head to is Bryce Valley Ranch and Horse Park. And uh, about 10 minutes away from uh, Bryce Canyon and uh, Kodachrome State Park and Zion and all of, it, all of these different places that you can visit. So uh, go out and spend a week and, and have a great time with some really, really nice folks. We'll be there in just about weeks or three weeks it's not far off and uh, we'll mm-hmm. be out there with the rendezvous west coming up so anyway good to have you back on the air with me today i think you were in vegas last week i was we were attending a um wholesale trade show um one at caesar's palace that's called wwin western uh, not western women's wear in nevada and uh, a trade association, and we spent quite a lot of time there. We met some vendors we know, and we met a lot of vendors we don't know, and we were choosing some new merchandise for fall and actually looking at spring 2022. So, you know, and and again, like live performances, the first time we've been to a trade show since 2019. Yeah, nobody's, nobody's done anything. You know what concerns me right now, and I don't want to get into this thing too much, but if people mm-hmm. don't get vaccinated, if they don't wear their mask, if they don't do what mm-hmm. they need to be doing, 
we may be right back in that again with this yep, Delta yep. virus. So. Well, and Vegas was mandatory masks, you know, everywhere we were. Uh, if you ate, obviously you took it off, but um, it was mandatory. So yeah. you follow yeah. the rules. <laughs> Got to follow the rules. And, do, you know, as I tell people, if you don't want to do it for, just for yourself, do it for other people that are around right. you. So anyway, right. enough right. said about that. Um, yeah. Anything going on with Out West that we need to know about? Uh, well, um, we'll be adding, as we always do, new merchandise um, in menswear. I'm adding some really great new Scully men's um, kind of fleece and flannel shirts and hoodies with Sherpa linings. Um, and they're in our campfire collection and also in um, in men's. Um, we'll be at, we'll be adding, I, I will be adding quite a bit as I, as I normally do <laughs> over the next, over the next few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing to think we were a heat index of 105, 106, 109 in places. And then in just about a month and a half, we're going to be mm-hmm. in fall and our chilly nights and then cold again. Right. So. Wow. Right. Wow. So everybody needs to go shop out west to pick up some new clothes for this fall and this winter. So that'd be a good thing to do. Any kind of clothes thoughts that you got for us today? Oh, I have one. And and I was kind of looking for something humorous because Gary McMahon's so funny. So I found a quote of Will Rogers. If you're riding ahead of the herd, take a look back every now and then to make sure it's still there. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> that is a good idea. Well, you could you could also be, you know, if you're riding ahead of the herd, but if you're a team leader, if you're a person in charge, if you, you know, you got to make sure that the, that everybody's still with you. <laughs> somebody's somebody's following. That's true. That is true. Well, it has been a lot of fun. Next week on the Campfire Cafe, we have Joni Harms joining us from o- Oregon, uh, and we will have some young ladies that are riding their Mustangs across the country over 5,000 miles. So we're going to talk with them about that. Lisa Dearson with Equus Film Festival will be joining us. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun next week on the Campfire Cafe in Saddle Up America. And uh, as always, we invite you to join us at equestrianlegacy.net every Thursday for the live show or listen to Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes after it's over to the archive podcast. Bobby Bell, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, we look forward to having you back again next week. Yeah, see you then. See you then, and we're going to close out. You know, I think you've always had kind of crush on this guy. This is yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Another Gary. It's something about Gary. Another Gary. Know. Something about name. Gary's. I don't know. <laughs> Gary Allegretto, and it's his Jack of Diamonds. We'll talk to you next week.
mine Jack and Diamond was a hard card to play Well, I played him in the spring And I never want to sing Jack and Diamond was a hard card to play Well, I played him in the fall And I never want it all Jack and Diamond was a hard card to play Thank you. 